hope that it's one of your favorites. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Joe Stafford. Joe Stafford. Matthews goes up again and makes a huge catch. Oh, look at Chris Mann. Hey, hey, MVP. What's my dog Stafford looking like out there, man? Stafford, he he definitely got a swag about him. Downfield as Matthews reaches out, makes the catch. Oh, we got caught. It is Matthews for a touchdown. Chris Matthews, we're watching a star be born. That guy right now is your MVP. What up, Joe? It's Willie McGinnis, three-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. And I know about the Stafford and Matthews podcast and how hard you grind and work and... You're seeing the fruits of your labor. And welcome back to Stafford and Matthews, episode five on the year now. As always, your hosts, Joe Stafford and Chris Matthews, former Seahawk and Raven. We hopped back on the mic last week. It was probably the most disorienting show you'll ever listen to. We hopped on one topic to another, bing, bang, boom, bang. It was like a ping pong game. Uh, but we're finally settling back into our roles now. Second week back in the mic after the big break. Chris, what's going on? I heard you hit the links today. Yeah, man. You know, I went out there to try uh, to try some new things that's going on with my grip and uh, a lot of good and a lot of bad. So I need to start hitting the range a little bit more often and uh, hitting some par threes. I heard that's where everybody goes to practice at is par threes. Oh, yeah. The par three course is like the mini, like mini. Yeah. 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 You can get a couple uh, a range of shots. So I need to start hitting a lot more of those instead of just going out to full 18s. What'd you shoot? uh i mean if you want to put me on the spot right now i shot a <laughs> i shot a 92 92 is still good i'll take a 92 just 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 pat this past week i shot a 87 oh uh, i don't know if i believe that dude I'm, I'm it's documented my boys were there they witnessed it ghost and honest game we played last summer and you shot like 130 Okay, so I can't get better in that time. You can't. I'm just like I've been playing golf for like ten Yo, years. Yo. All right, you know what? Fine. Like I'll I'll trust you because I know you're a good guy. But 87 seems really low. It is. It surprised me. I'm going to keep it on, uh, quite honest with you. Like it surprised me. I looked at my score. Like wait, hold on. I had to look back and started counting my score up again. I was like, oh no, that did happen. No, fair enough. You know what? If if it worked out for you, it worked out for you. Everyone has their day. So I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but let's get those into some football. Those, those are the games that suck you back in. That is true. That's the thing. It's like you'll have like 10 shitty games in a row and you'll be like, fuck off. I'm quitting golf. I can't wait yep. to play tomorrow. That's yep. like the whole, that's the whole thing. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Golf is the most frustrating sport maybe on the planet. If you want to call it a sport, it's like 95% mental. Like 95. Yeah, as soon as absolutely. as soon as I'm out of my head within the fir- like like the first five <laughs> holes will go by. I'm doing well. Then I'll shoot like a triple bogey. My head will go out of it, and then I'll be- refuse to play the rest of the day. I'll be shitty the rest of the day. It's just yep. how it works. That's how it goes. Uh, but yeah, you guys who are watching on video uh, might notice that I'm wearing a Carolina Panthers hat. <laughs> There's a reason for it. Going they made early. a big move. They made a big move. Baker Mayfield. Uh, former first overall pick for the Cleveland Browns in not so current quarterback for the Carolina Panthers has officially been released uh, after just what 12 weeks with the team, mm-hmm. not the longest tenure in the world, 
but also not the worst. Uh, can we just take can we just take a minute to recognize here that the first overall and third overall pick in the 2018 draft were in the same quarterback room and neither were starting at one point this year? Yep. Yep. That's a true like, fact. And let's also recognize here that both were taken over Lamar Jackson and both were taken over Josh Allen. I'm just going to put that out there. Just let it settle. Let it simmer a little bit while we think about that. And just have the GMs of the past for the Panthers and Jets think about what they've done. They deserve to be in a permanent timeout for those kind of decisions. It's unbelievable. Um, but Baker Mayfield, in all seriousness now, uh, has now landed with the Los Angeles Rams. And there's a couple of different thoughts on this. I want to hear your input as well, but I'll just do my yeah, quick for sure. Yeah, I, I'll just do a couple of spark notes here. One, it's a it's it's a win-win for the Rams. Either he provides good backup services for Matt Stafford next year, or he excels at the end of this year, and you want to invest in him instead of Matt Stafford. I mean, Matt Stafford isn't exactly the youngest quarterback in the league. Maybe you get something out of it. Maybe you don't. But you're only paying on what one point nine mil as there was left on this contract. So it's not like you're going to be spending that much money. Uh, trying to figure out if he's the guy, right? I mean, he's going to last you the experiment maybe the next two months. If you don't like what you see, cut him or don't right. resign him even. Uh, if you do like what you see, give him another one year and see what happens. I mean, that, that's the bottom line. Rams have no risk. The Pants, on the other hand, it was a necessary move. His presence in the locker room, I think, was really affecting the mindset of a lot of other quarterbacks in that, in, in that department. Uh, Sam Darnold has managed to stick around longer than I thought anyone would think possible. Uh, I was actually in Charlotte when they made the trade for Baker Mayfield. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I walked in the stadium. They still had Sam Darnold's uh, jerseys up for sale, and they weren't on sale. I'm like, that's kind of strange. You'd think they'd be off the shelves by now. But apparently they like Darnold enough to keep him at least as a backup. Um, Chris, I, I got I to hear your thoughts on this because I, I'm just shocked uh, that it really took them this long to cut them. But uh, what are your thoughts on Baker Mayfield getting cut by the Panthers and then signing with the Rams? Well, I mean, I, I I can see it happen. I seen it coming a long time ago. You know, anytime where you're you're benching a player and then putting them back out there and then benching them again, is it's pretty much inevitable that that the guy's not going to be there for much longer. Um, even though he spent twelve weeks there, that's only because they was trying to find a pacifier. They're trying to stop the bleeding as much as they can catch a couple of hot streaks off of him and uh, keep, keep the season rolling as uh, you know, as they say, but here's my theory, Joe, this is what I really think it is. Somebody in the same conference as the Rams lost their quarterback as well. I'm not going to say the team's name. We should already know who it is and knew that we were in need of a quarterback, no matter who it was, to be honest with you. And the fact that this guy gets released at this time and then they just surprisingly come up with, I mean, uh, hop on this, I mean, hop on Baker Mayfield before anybody else is quite flabbergasting. But it's okay because this team also has a, has a solid, solid, uh, third string quarterback he's okay now I'm not gonna lie to you he's okay so we got to see what it looks like but I, that's what that's my that's my true honest gut feeling is that the Rams snatched them up not because they you know they need somebody to hang on for for uh I mean until uh Stafford comes back that's not that, that's not true they know they know who they got 
he he literally just won a Super Bowl for him. So they know what they got. They know that, that, that there's a lot of injuries going on. So I'm not buying the Baker Mayfield hanging, uh, you know, if he's good or not. No, I'm not. I'm not riding with that. I'm riding with him. They, they stole him. So they so now they got to play him. Or just to clarify your point of view here, because you kind of lost me midway through that, that argument. So you're basically saying that the Rams picked up Baker Mayfield so that the Niners could not pick up Baker Mayfield. I mean, yeah, I didn't want to say the team's name. So I mean, you spelled it out. You might as well have just said the Niners. Like you talk about the third string quarterback. You no, might just say he was I Mr. Irrelevant. I don't, I don't want them to think I'm biased out here. Yeah, no one would think you're biased towards your precious Niners. No, yeah, you're right. You're really <laughs> doing a good job. Keep it all keep it all pent up. Good job, buddy. Yeah. Uh, no, no, but I, I, I understand what you're saying. It's a very interesting conspiracy theory. I really like that. Like, put, put the twin tinfoil hat on. I like it. I like where you're going with that. I'm telling you, man. Now, now regardless of the reason why it happened, uh, you know, Baker now finds himself in a very interesting scenario, right? Bryce Perkins, uh, you know, he tried his best against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Granted, it was against the Chiefs, one of the better teams in the NFL. Probably his last chance to start for this team is probably Thursday, tomorrow night, because – Baker just got on the team. They're not going to throw him out there after just a day and a half practice. He doesn't know the playbook. He doesn't know the cadences, any of that stuff. But uh, if Bryce Perkins has a chance to continue starting, you got to start tomorrow night uh, and play plays pretty well. So Baker Mayfield going to LA, just a weird, weird match. And then he picked the number 17. I thought that was very odd. Seeing him with that 17 instead of the six kind of freaked me out. I know it doesn't really matter, but like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a Tom Brady changed his number. Not that like, Brady and maybe have the same pole, but it's kind of the yeah. same thing. You're so used to seeing the number on a person. It's like when LeBron changed from 23 to six, it's yeah. a weird feeling. I don't like it. It makes me, you know, what? you know what, man, I, you know what? I feel like, like Odell needs to hurry up and get signed, man, because I feel like the Rams are just using him. I'm using him for all of his friends to come over there and, 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 and to help acquisition them into the city. And, and he gets nothing out of it. Like, oh, I don't they, think Baker and Odell are friends. What? You're crazy. Dude, you remember, you remember this whole storyline from a couple of days from a couple and, years ago? Yeah, we know. And that was his father. You gotta check. Yeah, but this. you gotta admit the check guy probably has similar door. views. But you check that at the door. Come on, man. You come on, Joe. You don't really believe that. Okay, Chris, let, let's take it from here. No, say, no, 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 no. I'm I'm gonna put the scenario in your shoes and we're gonna see if it flies. Okay, that's what we're gonna do. <laughs> the year is 2015. <laughs> coming off coming off one of the best best performances in a playoff game ever. You just killed it in the Super Bowl. You should have won. You didn't. You move on. In this scenario, you don't get hurt in the preseason. You start the next year. You build on that success. But Russ refuses to throw you the ball and instead throws the seventh-round scrubs. How would you feel about that? I honestly would be hot. I would be hot. That's what and I'm, I'm saying. And I'm, and I'm not saying, and I'm not saying they, 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 that they didn't have any words with each other. Like, of course, I feel like that, that was going to be nipped in the bud right after the game. I mean, right after the games that came, uh, the game after that and the game after that, every time you don't throw me the ball, I'm going to have to say something to you. So that's already nipped in the bud. What I'm saying is what he showed on what his father put out there was on his father's dime. And, and 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 OBJ had to I mean had to stand up on that. I mean that's your father, so you're gonna have to back him, but you're gonna be on the side like, hey man, we just talked. We we were literally just in the locker room together. 
So that's why I don't believe that, man. They they're they're boys. They're boys. Don't don't let it get it, don't let it get it twisted out here. All right, all right. Say what you want. I, I'm not sure you're right. You could be, you could not. I'm not sure, but we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Eight, um, eight, seven years in the seven years in the locker room. I know how things is running around here. That's a fair point. No, that's a fair point. I'm a couch warrior. I'm a keyboard warrior. That's fair enough. But no, right, so you no, no, it's just you got to think. You got to think, bro. We have lives too. It's just the fact that when 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 we have term oil, when everybody is is projecting all these bad things that's going on between teams or players and coaches and all that stuff. All y'all y'all think that just because it's on TV, like that's the only time that we talking about it. Like, no, it's already checked at the door before we even start moving on. Now it's now from this point on, it's now does this person is his ego gonna be higher than what the situation really is, or is it not? It just depends on on, on that. But it's already gonna be nipped in the bud as soon as it happens. Well, it's good to hear at least. Um, but so, so you bring up Odell, and that's a very interesting topic right now. Uh, so rumor has it, again, rumor. There's nothing you know concrete about this yet. Not that it would ever be a report because the way the nature of it's kind of weird. But uh, Odell Beckham Jr. had his visit with the Dallas Cowboys. They went over his his medical history. They did a full examination, uh, and the rumor out of Dallas is that the Cowboys are very weary about signing him due to the nature of his knee. Now he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. That was in February, almost a full year ago, but this is also his second ACL tear. There's going to be a lot of trauma down there. And the Cowboys are worried that even if they do sign him, he won't be able to actually play for them um, until the following year. This is off of the heels of when Odell got kicked off a plane for reportedly not being cooperative with the flight attendants. He got kicked off. They said he was passing out in and out of consciousness. They wasn't sure if he was drunk on drugs, whatever they're not, or narcoleptic. They don't know what happened, but there's a lot of drama surrounding uh, Odell Beckham Jr. right now. And I'm not really sure how to take it at this point, seeing him resurge last year, getting that ring, seeing him try to come back this year, having all of the issues he's having both, on the field and off the field. I think it might be in his best interest to retire. And it sucks to say, because I think he's one of the most electrifying players that we've seen, definitely in, the, in, in, in recent years. But enough is enough at a certain point. At a certain point, your body won't allow you to move the same way. At a certain point, you can't cut the same way. Odell Beckham Jr.'s big, best trait besides his hands was his feet. And if you can't move, you're dead in this league. I know you're going to disagree with me there, but I am a big fan of seeing players go out on top. And when players don't do that and they end up showing how poorly they've aged, it just makes everyone sad. And it tarnishes their legacy a little bit. Chris, what are your thoughts on Odell Beckham Jr.? Should he continue to try to keep playing? Should he sign with a contender this year and rush his knee back? What are are your thoughts on this? And I feel like Odell needs to go out there and do whatever is best for him. If he can go out there and get some and get a contract, by all means, bro, go ahead and do it. My thing is, is that how many, how many, how many knee surgeries is this for Odell? This would be his second uh, surgery on his ACL, at least. Yeah, I mean, and then how many times did uh, uh, Adrian Peterson hurt himself? hurt his knee i think he tore his acl once 
Once. Before I think he tore it, then he won the MVP season the following year. I'm sure he tore it up again at some point during his career, but I think he only had one major one. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, because I, 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 I do remember him having like two. Uh, I want to say three, but I know for sure I, I remember hearing two. But besides the fact that knee, 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 knee surgeries are very bad, but when you have guys who actually train to the elite elite talent that they are a lot of things are surpassed like knee injuries things like that odell had knee injuries before he even got to uh la that was his whole knock then and he went out there and he still did uh honestly in my opinion number one receiver type things when he got out there in la it took him it took him a game or two but after that he was off he was off to the races and truth be told truth be told odell probably would have been the mvp of the super bowl that year if he hadn't if he didn't get hurt in the super bowl cuz he was 100%. That game. 100% so my thing is is you can't you can't knock a man because he's down right now. Like let 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 let's just see what let's just see what he does. Now I'm with you. I'm with you. Does it if 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 I'm a team and I'm like man, this is your second one. All right, look, man. I don't know if we can. Like I don't believe that they don't they don't want to sign him for his knee knee injury. I really think it's because of money. Odell really wants a lot of money because uh, he wants to be you know uh, compensated for his work that he's been put in for the for these past couple years. So. Whether he's been injured or not, he's been a top receiver every time he touches the field. That's without a shadow of a doubt. So I really think it's about money, but they're going to go ahead and spend it the way they need to spend it to save their sales and keep it pushing. But Odell is not done. And on top of that, I really believe I really I'm, I'm really trying to figure out is a guy who just had a baby, who has a wife, who just got married. I think he just got married some sometime soon is going is going on a trip to see see teams and he's on drugs or he's or he's or he's drinking or something that doesn't even make sense to me to be honest with you i I really i really don't i really don't believe any of that and i don't i'm not saying that you that you're saying that but i don't believe anybody who says that from from the press or anybody like that that just doesn't make sense you have a newborn child you you know you have to go home you know you have to go home and see this child i'm gonna get back there in one piece no matter what's going on and if i'm tripping be- and i'm tripping because y'all holding me up from doing what i need to be doing because maybe you noticed me or whatever it is i am going to trip because i need to get home to my child so i think that's one reason why he probably flipped out on that on that on that uh on that plane but outside of that man let odell spin man that boy but that boy is a baller yeah, I mean, like again, like the, the plane thing's all conjecture. There's nothing confirmed. They didn't like do any like sampling. They have no idea to tell whether he was intoxicated or under an influence or whatever. They have no idea. So again, it's just all rumor. All that was confirmed was that he had a disagreement on the plane with one of the flight attendants and he was ushered off. That's literally all we know. Um, but but again, that that wasn't like the main point. If we more to just emphasize, like, is something going on behind the scenes we don't know about? You know what I mean? You never know what some of these athletes' lives was going to happen. So uh, definitely an interesting point there. If you're Odell, and it's kind of a follow-up to what we were just talking about. If you're Odell, 
and you're going into the season and you realize your knee isn't as great as you thought it was going to be at this point in the process. And Dallas tells you so emphatically and says they're not going to sign you. Would you focus on trying to accelerate your recovery so you can get back on the field this year? Or would you take the rest of the year off, rehab as much as humanly possible, and start fresh in training camp in August? It really just depends on the money. It just depends on how much are you trying to give me to go out there. If you're trying to give, go out there and give me pennies, I might as well just wait until I'm 100%, and then I get on the team, and I knock you guys upside your head, and you're going to regret it every time. Or if the money is there, you know what, let me actually focus up a little bit and, and, and try to rush it. And if I'm just not, if I'm, and if I'm, if I'm just not ready, then I'm just not ready. I got to leave the money on the table, but if I could do it, I'm going to try it for sure. Right. There's no, there's no, reason for you to, there's no, there's no reason for you to leave money on the table. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I was just surprised you said that though, because a lot of the time I think athletes in that stage of their career would, would try to, uh, at the very least, preserve what little they had left strength-wise uh, in that knee. Because if you tear it a third time, it's over. I mean, no one, I think, has ever played any sort of level of football with three torn ACLs in the same knee. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's over. So, I mean, like, I know if I was Odell, I would probably take as long as humanly possible to recover and make sure that knee is 100%. Because this mm-hmm. turf is out here ruining people's careers. No, it is. It's absolutely, it's absolutely ridiculous, man. And they need to, they, they really need to do something about it. They really need how, to do about it. How was the turf at Lumen? Uh, it was actually pretty good. It was actually pretty good. Oh, Jordan's making an appearance on the show. Hi, Daddy. Hey, baby. Let me finish up. Hey. All right. And that's Chris's daughter, Jordan, if you guys couldn't hear. A uh, little cutie. Literally his twin. Literally yeah. like a, a straight up twin. Actually, it's his sister's twin, really. They look exactly alike. That's that's unbelievable. But back 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 to football. Uh, well, Lumen's field was is, is, was was actually pretty good. I don't I I've never really seen anything bad happen out there, and I've never had a bad experience out there. It was actually a really good field, but I know that there are a lot of uh, um unmanicured fields that they have out there that they just roll in and out and you're like what is this you know it's just been sitting underneath a mat or something well so i heard that i heard that houston and washington had the worst fields in the league Mm. i don't know i don't never played there i've never played there i'll tell you where i'll tell you i'll tell you where i felt like was a terrible place to play at is miami like it's super moist out there so you're slipping every time it's really mud and it's not like hard ground it's hard to get out of there yeah for sure 100 uh so you know this week unfortunately we've had a lot of different injury concerns yeah we talked about you know odell that wasn't just this week but we we, we talked about jimmy garoppolo a little bit or at least we mentioned it briefly um let's talk about that a little bit more because the niners and first of all your niners let me rephrase Yep. Um, are in a very weird spot right now. I mean, they still have the best defense, I think, pound for pound in the league. They still have a, a phenomenal run defense. They still have a good O-line. They have weapons out the wazoo. They're prepared in every way possible to make a run, except a quarterback, because you don't know what Brock Purdy is yet. But I will say, and this is me unbiasedly saying this, he did a phenomenal job on Sunday against Miami. 
Yes. A phenomenal job. I mean, Miami is no joke. They might have gotten exposed on Sunday because a third-string quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, by the way, the last overall pick in the draft, carved them up like a Thanksgiving turkey. Mm-hmm. And what did Tua do? Tua Tagovailoa became Tua turned the ball over. That's yeah. what just happened. And he threw three intercept or three interceptions or three fumbles. I don't know which one. I think it was three interceptions. And he was sacked three times as well. Chris, how confident are you going into the stretch run of the year with a kid like Brock Purdy? And to allude back to the little conspiracy theory we talked about earlier in the show, would you have signed Baker if that was on the table? Uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not a fan of Baker Mayfield. I got to stay, I got to stand on it. I'm not a fan of Baker Mayfield. And when I seen that we were actually in interest, I mean, we were interested in him. It, it kind of threw me for a loop. You know, it's a, it's a million places. That, I mean, it's a million players you could have went to outside of Baker Mayfield. Who's, who's, this is his third. I mean, his, this would have been, this is his third team within a year. So if nobody, Nobody else wants him. Why do you? Why would we want him? And we actually have a chance to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Doesn't make sense to me. So I, I never would have been. I never been. I never would have been cool with that. But Brock, Brock isn't bad, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I, I can, I can see this working. We have to. We have to definitely, definitely use Kyle Shanahan's mind and come up with some with some trick plays or maybe some reverses or some things like that some creative plays because we're going to need that running game we're going to need that running game really bad i don't think we need to put uh brock out there throwing uh throwing 50 times i don't i don't think we need to see that um but he can sling the ball no lie he can sling the ball i'm i'm not i'm not i'm not mad i'm not mad at him throwing the ball but our defense is the saving grace is it not Right. Like we watched this game and we watched him throw three picks to us. And it was not because he was bad. It was because we were just actually really good. Like, did you see how far back uh, Turner had got back on that cover two? Like that was a, te- a true Tampa two where you getting back there and you have to make sure you you cover that middle up. And that's exactly what he did. It was by a fraction of an inch. That's what everybody keeps on saying. It was a fraction of an inch. Like that matters in the NFL. Like if if he if he got that fraction of if Turner had got that uh, Fred Turner had got that fraction of an inch, then he should be deserve he should deservingly have that credit for that interception. Like I don't understand why what everybody else is talking about. Like Tua Tua is it's it's bad. Like no, he's not bad. Like it just happens that way. And our team is just that great for us to come up with things like that. So I I wouldn't be off the train of Tua, but if I see the Niners coming into my city, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not completely happy. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you, we kind of bounced around a little bit, but for the Tua point, I want to not like Tua. I don't know what it is. It's like something ingrained in me wants him to do badly to like reaffirm what I thought at the draft. Um, it, it's right. That's all it is. Yeah, it could be that. It might be my stu- my stubborn personality. I don't know what it is specifically, but he's been doing so well this year, and I've, I've tried to give him as cre- much credit as possible. And then on San Fran, he stinks, blows chunks a little bit. And then it makes me want to revert past that point and be like, he sucks again, but I know he doesn't. Um, so it's kind of funny you say that. But anyway, uh, with Brock Purdy, here's my two cents. Jimmy Garoppolo this year 
was supposed to be a backup. Trey Lance gets hurt. He comes back in. They're paying Jimmy Garoppolo this season to not lose football games. Yeah. That's his job. His job is to not lose them football games, not turn the ball over, throw a couple of screens to Christian McCaffrey, get Debo Sammy the ball somehow. That's what his job is. Yeah. You can't tell me, and any NFL expert cannot tell me, that Brock Purdy can't do the same goddamn job Jimmy Garoppolo does. Exactly. Does Garoppolo have more experience than Purdy? Hell yeah, yeah he does. Does he have more experience reading those defenses and making less rookie mistakes? Of course yeah. he does. I'm not saying Brock Purdy is as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. What I'm saying is they can function in the same role because being a game manager at that level with the weapons you have around you is not that freaking hard. And the strength of your offense in general, it's not your offense, it's your defense. So yeah. as long as your defense do their thing, as long as you score a, a cool 21 to 24 points a game, you're going to win 90% of those games. You're going to, and you make a deep run in the playoffs as well, especially with the state of the NFC, how it is right now. You're going to end up being a, a, a top two seed, most likely. Um, the Eagles are a legitimate threat. I'll give you that. But outside yeah. of them, I'm not really scared of anyone in the NFC. I'm really not. And so I think you guys have a really, real good shot going going to the promised land this year. So we'll end up seeing what's happening. Yeah, man, Um, it's looking like, it's looking like, it's looking like 2013 Seahawks to me. That's what it's looking like. 2013. I'm coming in hot. Oh, I mean, like I can see the comparison, but there's different defensive strengths there. Yeah, it it is. That's a legion of boom, but I mean, you got to give us some. We got to we we got we. They need to let us know about the name of this defense though, because this defense is unparalleled to any other defenses in the league right now. I don't see I, nobody. I buy that. I don't see nobody doing it like this. I buy that. I want to talk about one game specifically from last week before we start previewing this upcoming week. I hope it's the I hope it's the Vikings. Oh, I hope it's the Vikings. It's not the Vikings. But I actually, so it's funny, you mentioned the Vikings game. I wrote a week 13 recap on our Stafford and Matthews, on Stafford and Matthews website. You can check that out in the articles, articles tab. Uh, and basically what I said about the Vikings and Jets game, to summarize it really quickly, that game is not as much the Jets blowing the lead or blowing the comeback effort. Because what else should we expect? The Jets are going to jet. That's what they do. You know yeah. what I mean? That game should speak more volumes about the Minnesota Vikings and the Jets. It should be saying, hey – how are the Vikings considered a top contender, quote unquote, in the NFC in a 10 and two record if they let the Jets with Mike White back in the game that many times? The Jets, if they were any other team, would have scored a touchdown and probably won the football game because there's no way Kirk Cousins is instrumenting a game winning drive with 30 seconds left. There's no, no way it's happening. I'm going with toe injury. That's what I'm going with. I'm sticking to it. That's the only reason why. And sometimes that they play down to the level of their competition. I don't like that either, but outside of that, toe injury. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you on that. But the game I wanted to talk about was the Chiefs and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Must-watch TV. Yeah. Can I say that to highlight this? It's, it's must-watch TV now. Burrow and Mahomes has the same hype and feeling of, of, of Brady and Manning. It really does. And the best part about it is we just started the chapter. Mm-hmm. This thing's going to go on for the next 10 to 15 years. Barring injury, and God, God forbid any of these quarterbacks get hurt in a significant way. But this is going to be the most spectacular show on television for the next 10 to 15 years. This rivalry is not going away. Both teams are here to stay. Both teams are young. Both teams have great offensive minds behind them. Uh, and I can't wait to see more of it. But basically the story of the game is Joe Burrow remaining the most unflappable quarterback 
I've seen in the league up to this date. I mean, nothing phases this guy. He had pressure in his face the entire game, the whole game. The Bengals invested in the offseason for offensive line. It didn't really help. So far, it's, 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 it's more of the same from last year. There was pressure in his face the entire day. What did he do? He remained calm, stepped up in the pocket, and fired in those tight areas. And it worked. The signature play of the whole game for me was the, really the final play that mattered in the game. It was third and eight, third and nine, basically third and long, right? Not a high percentage play. What did the Chiefs do? They brought the house because that's what you're supposed to do in the situation. What does Burrow do? He steps into one of the hits, delivers a dart in double coverage where only the receiver can catch it. First down, I think it was T. Higgins or Tyler Boyd. End of the game. Ball game. That's it. Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, Joe Shiesty, whatever you want to call him, is the most unflappable quarterback in the league. And it's really cool to see someone have Mahomes' number. Not only like a matchup face-to-face, but that defense has figured out Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, I I I I might I might go with that. I mean, I, I think it's just the the real the I, I think it's coming down from heaven and not having number 10 out there, the real number 10 out there <laughs> that they had that was able they were able to blow the top off every two seconds. So I think that's what's really going on. Game is tightening up because the season when when the season gets down to this time, that's when defenses start tightening up and it starts looking real funky out there. But you know it was over for uh for KC, uh, for the KC DBs when Jamar Chase caught the one-handed ball out of bounds. Did you see the DB? <laughs> the DB just kept <laughs> after after he caught it and fell, he just kept jogging and walked and ran up out the out of the frame of the TV. I was like, oh yeah, it's over with. You know, usually, usually DBs, they'll be like, they'll start doing some hand movements, some strapping ups and something like that. It was just, it, it was ridiculous, man. It was a great performance by them guys. Jamar Chase was was targeted eight times and caught seven of the eight, man, for 97 yards. So that guy is going to be, I mean, shoot. If, I mean, if, 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 if Justin Jefferson wasn't there, it would be a clear cut decision that he was the number one receiver in the NFL. Did we see Jamar Chase toss, basically toss money at one of the DBs in KC and he got an uh, 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 unsportsmanlike conduct penalty? First of all, that's the coldest celebration I've seen in a while. Like, that's the most <laughs> disrespectful shit I can imagine. Literally just tossing money on grown men. That's <laughs> unbelievable. I thought that was awesome. But for the point of Jamar Chase versus Justin Jefferson, you can't go wrong with either. I think mm-hmm. it's hard to compare them. I, don't, I think it's wrong to compare them because they're good in their own ways. And that's right. the whole point of the league, using people's innate talents to mm-hmm. win football games. And that's what both uh, players do so well in their own way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. One quick thing. I don't want to talk about this game because it's not really much to talk about. But can we just credit the, the Detroit Lions? The Detroit Lions <laughs> for scoring 40 points in a football game? That was unheard of. That was ridiculous. I had to look on. I had to. I had to cut the TV on. Like, hold on, man. Let me check this out. Yeah, no. Legitimately, Amonra St. Brown could have gone into a phone booth with two DBs, picked up the phone, said, "Jared, I'm open," and golf would have thrown the football. Yeah. Yeah, it was unbelievable. That guy just took over. He's completely exploded this year, and I cannot wait to see Jamison Williams hit the field with him too. 
Absolutely. That boy, that boy is putting him in a nice situation. He's putting himself in a nice situation out there in Detroit. Yeah, and it's not like he's the fastest. It's not like he has the best feet. He's not like he has the best hands. He's just an overall great player. And now Jamison Williams coming into the fold. He played his first snaps on offense all season after recovering from a, from a torn uh, knee injury. And he played a couple snaps on offense, got targeted once, didn't catch the ball. But when this kid's fully rehabbed, we're going to see a Tyreek Hill-esque presence in this offense. And God help the league if they can get a quarterback. If Jared Goff is not other quarterback next year and they have someone competent who can actually air the ball out, the, the league better watch out. Yeah. I'm I'm with you. They they've done a great job of like of turning around that culture out there. Usually it's the bottom of the barrel. Now it's looking like a great a great place to go. <laughs> yeah, it's intersecting with the fall of the of the Packers too, with Aaron Rodgers kind of finishing out his career. And so it's really only up from here. The Kirk Cousins Vikings don't scare me. Okay, they never have scared me. They never will scare me. The greatest not- average quarterback in the game, baby. See, I might agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Say that again. It's the greatest average quarterback in the game. See, I might agree with you there. So we, I, did, I put a poll up here. We did, a, we did a whole Kirk Cousins clip from our last show. I put a poll up on my story, and I said, let's finally put this to bed. Is Kirk Cousins dot, 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 average or good? It was a tight race, which I was, I was kind of surprised it was a tight race. But yeah. overall, there was 19 votes for average and 16 for good. So – the world of, of Joe's Instagram has spoken. He is an average quarterback, and that's how we're leaving on the show. He's the greatest one, though. You can't you, – you're not yes. going to be off that. I'm not – He is the greatest that. average quarterback of all time. He's like one o'clock Jesus. That's what we'll call him. That's his <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, unbelievable one o'clock. And then as soon as 4.15 hits and the primetime starts coming on, uh, he shrinks <laughs> like a shrimp. Um <laughs> Okay, well, hop over to the Ravens-Broncos game just to say, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson gets hurt in the first quarter. By the way, my buddy Jack has had the worst fantasy week ever. He had Lamar, he had Cortland Sutton, uh, and another guy got hurt. He was put up like 30 points this week. It was the worst week ever for fantasy. Um, But this Ravens-Broncos game, I thought, hey, is this the game we finally see the Broncos start to, you know, turn around a little bit? Mm. Nope, I was wrong. Pop Mm -hmm. quiz, Chris. Pop quiz. What does Russell Wilson have more of? Bathrooms in his house or touchdown passes? Ooh. Yeah, I definitely might think it might be the bathrooms. Yeah, the answer is bathrooms. Ding, ding, ding. He has 12 bathrooms in his house and seven touchdown passes on the season. How embarrassing is this? The $251 million man has seven touchdowns through 13 weeks. I even heard a rumor looking on like the kind of the Twitter sphere that he's using Seahawks call signals and audibles because he doesn't know the system yet. The players are looking over like, what the fuck are you talking about, Russ? And he has to like internalize to himself he's not on the Seattle anymore. Mm. I mean, all I would say is I bet you he comes back next year and tear it up. Okay. I bet you he comes back next year. I'm not trying to incriminate you, but it's a le- this is a legitimate question. Did you know he was this corny when you were playing with him? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean – I mean, but that's who he is. That, that was that was just his that was just his personality. So it's not like it's not like anything is has changed. I mean, outside of you know the the limelight that he puts himself in. I mean, it's just that's Russ. Russ is Russ. But didn't nobody say that when he was winning? So I don't understand it now. Now that he's not winning, it's it's everything looks bad on him. Well, I mean, when when you're losing, everything looks bad. 
Yeah, that's true. But I guarantee you he comes back next year and tear it up. Okay. The only reason I ask is because Seattle Russ seemed like a really down-to-earth guy, seemed like a humanitarian, very involved in donation, charitable organizations, stuff like that. He seemed still like does. one of those good guys. He still right? does. He still does. But I feel like he's gotten very, very vain the last couple of years. It seems like – like I don't want I – I have no idea the situation. I don't know Russell Wilson. I have no idea how his inner circle works. But it seems like Ciara – has almost pushed him in the limelight where he normally wouldn't go. And I think that's literally affecting how people are perceiving him. Like there's a rumor that he hasn't even given his personal phone number to any of his teammates. Mm. Is that true? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, things happen when you're in that, when you're on that type of level. I mean, I've seen, I've seen people who's not on Russell Wilson's level and had three, four phones. Like, what do, you, what do you need all these phones for? But, you know, that's what happens. I mean, I'm sure that they can get in contact with this guy. He's not, he's not a, he's not a out of, out of my, out of sight, out of mind type of person. And maybe, you know, Sierra, I mean, rightfully so, Sierra is who she is. Sierra, you have to be putting that light. Now, I will say this. I will say this that I'm a firm believer in major cities not producing well on the football field simply because it's too much to do. So prefacing that, saying that, I will say that Russell Wilson being around Sierra, probably he's being around or out more than usual, and it might it might play a toll. It might play a toll. He's getting older, so it might play a toll. But I will say, I'm not I'm I'm not stepping down from this. Next year I bet you he balls. Okay. I mean like we can put that in the books, write it down for next year. Um mm-hmm. but this league is very much what have you done for me lately? True. True. And he's terrible. The, right, exactly, but at the same time, no franchise is foolish enough to give up on a 251 million dollar investment after 13 Absolutely games. Not. Absolutely. Exactly. Not. If they do that, if they do that, that would be like on the lines of like uh What's my man's name who got drafted first round to the Raiders? Who, Jamarcus Russell? There you go. It would be right around those lines. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll probably agree with you. Like that. He wants to, he wants to play, he wants to play a long time like Tom Brady, like your, like your boy Tom Brady. If like, they had, you know, if this Broncos offense had averaged just 18 points a game this year, they would be 11 and one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They no, statistically, statistically, not, that is true. I mean, I'm with you. I'm going with you. I'm just thinking about the games, and I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. The, that's the craziest part about this thing, though. I wrote this in the recap as well. As bad as this team has been, and it's going to go down as one of the most disappointing teams in, in franchise yeah. history for that. It sucks so hard that the defense is going to get no credit for it because yeah. to only allow over 18 points once in the first 13 weeks of the year, that's unbelievable. You're doing everything possible for your team to allow them to win the football game, and they're just not delivering. Nathaniel Hackett might be pound for pound the worst head coach I've seen in a long time. Maybe. Maybe. He he had a lot on his plate, man. That's a lot to juggle. Getting a new franchise quarterback, dealing with a new uh, a new uh, uh, breed of defenders out there who's actually balling that that's going that's actually going to be asked for a lot of money coming up soon um 
and dealing with a new offense, like all that, all that matters, man. That's a lot of stuff that's going to be, that's put on his plate. Now you're a head coach. You're supposed to figure that out. You're supposed to get that done. So you might not be wrong and I might be going with it. So I, I hear you, Joe. I hear you. Right, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, hearts up to Lamar Jackson. He looks like he's not gonna be done for the year, only one to three weeks. Um, but it really severely hurts their playoff chances. They're currently ahead in the division over Cincinnati. That's not going to last. Okay, Cincinnati's going to earn back that spot. But I wanted to see Baltimore make a run this year, not even for the Ravens' sake, but but for Lamar's sake, because the Ravens have consistently over the period of the last year disrespected him in terms of contract negotiations, right? MVP at 21 years old, Heisman Trophy winner, as good as you can get in the regular season. Postseason wins started coming last year. Did they go anywhere significant? No, they didn't. But Lamar is a franchise player. Yes. And he's going to be a franchise player for somebody. And you know you're going to have to pay him. And the funny thing is, even if you don't win with him, you're going to make your money back in the merchandising from the selling the rights to his name. Yeah. His name might be more valuable than his in playing style. Think about that for a minute. I mean, I know if I'm a GM, I'm focusing on just trying to win Super Bowl. That's my main concern. But we also have to realize and be realistic, this is a money-driven league, that many general managers are directed by owners to make the moves that will make the team the most amount of money. Lamar Absolutely. Jackson is not just an NFL player. He's a brand. Lamar is now officially a brand. His name itself has inherent intrinsic value outside of the sport of football. He's yeah. a cultural icon now, just like Mike Vick, just like Randall Cunningham. He is a cultural icon. Mm -hmm. Resigning him to be a part of a football club automatically brings you in hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue over the course of his contract. Mm -hmm. So I don't understand what the holdup is. Either you believe in his play style or believe in his brand enough to invest back into him what he's given you. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. I mean, I know what it is, and it's tough because I really want to see Lamar get it. Uh, but it's his gameplay. I mean, at first, you know, he was doing everything he was supposed to do, and then towards the towards the end, I feel like. I feel like this is my thought process on what Lamar was thinking to go out there and play my game and not get hurt. That's literally what it was. And I guarantee you as time went on and they were winning games, but there was times that he was, that he could have made a move or he could have took off and he could have done something where he's not thinking like, man, I could have done that. I might, I might get antsy and, and start trying to do a little bit more. And it's tough because you turn around, you try to do a little bit more, and then you catch a loss. And then you catch another loss. And it's like, damn, now it's like, now you're trying to weather the storm. You're like, man, maybe I need to back off. Maybe I need to keep going, do more. Like, what is it? It's a lot going on. And then you turn around and you get hurt. Like, that's the, that's the one that's really going to crush me because I really want to see Lamar with the Ravens long term. To me, it don't look like it. It doesn't look like it at all, but this is my thing. If, if, if I know Florida people more than anything, they want the money. Be careful here, Chris. Else. I'm being real. They want the money. They want the money. So if 
the Ravens are not giving out that number that Lamar is comfortable with and somebody else is, I can see Lamar going somewhere else. So where in Florida are you referring to? Florida, Florida, period. Florida, I know that Florida loves money. It's not, it's not, it's not dangerous to say, Joe, everybody loves money. I just think that Florida people love money just a little bit more. So with everything that's going on with Lamar, all the disrespect they giving him, and he's like, well, I can go somewhere else and go get some more money. Out of here. Telling you what they I'm telling you how they think it, Joe. It's not, it's not, it's not wrong to say it. You can say it. You can say it, Joe. Say it. Florida loves money. There you go. They want they love money. I'm telling you, it's gonna happen. All right. I mean, I haven't heard that. I don't know if I can substantiate that. I don't know if I can guarantee that, but I mean, do they have the needs? I mean, Jacksonville is Trevor Lawrence, Bucks have Tom Brady. If he retires, maybe. Um Miami is Tua. They're not going to uproot Tua. I don't know. I don't know if I see it. I get, I get the, I get the idea of it, but I don't know if it's even worth discussing anymore. Okay. Okay. I just don't know. Crazy. Call me crazy. Write it down, Joe. Bookmark this and wait until next year hits when he needs to go somewhere. (laughs) We're going to see who gives, who gives him the money and who doesn't give him the money and where he goes. I'll keep receipts. I mean, I hope you're right. It'd be kind of nice to see him out of Baltimore because it wouldn't be a threat anymore. <laughs> It'd be nice. No, I'm, I swear to God, I am far yeah. less. Scared of, I am. I am far less scared of Lamar Jackson anywhere but Baltimore. John Harbaugh has our freaking number. He really does. <laughs> I am, I am far always going to have it. He's always going to have it. Yeah, certain guys just know how to coach against Belichick. They figure it out. It's, it's a weird, weird phenomenon. Any former Ravens player knows how to do it. Joe Flacco, if, if Joe Flacco had started those games with the Jets against us this year, I fully believe we would have went 0-2. I fully believe that. Some players just know how to break us down. It's the weirdest thing. Listen, it is a real college atmosphere when it comes down to rivalry games or, or they got to really stick it to somebody. That is a real thing inside of that inside of that Ravens house, and that's all I'm gonna say. All right, la- last point of the last point of the show. Your boy Tommy B had another comeback on on Monday Night Football. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Give this man some props. He just passed Peyton Manning for the most fourth quarter comebacks of all time. Now let's point out here. Tom Brady is now three and one since the divorce with two game winning drives. Was Giselle the problem the whole time? I'm gonna leave it out there. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But I am so I am so proud of Tom Brady, man, because we literally in fantasy, I literally had him on the bench. And I was like, no, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. And he turns around. He does it. But the simple fact that I had an extra guy on the field, Chris Olave, as my wide receiver, number two on the field, he was the last player to play. And it was one eleven to 112 i was up and he and my and the other guy had chris godwin out there so i'm like i'm stressing because i stopped watching the game because i really need this win i'm I'm on i'm on a five five game win streak i'm like i really need this win i'm thinking i'm looking at my scores on my phone i'm like damn he scores again damn he scores again i'm like oh i hope that's not 
I hope that's not Chris. I hope that's not Chris God. When I look up, it's the tight end. It's everybody else but the receiver. And I'm like, oh, I'm good. I look up and Chris Chris Olave has 12 points. I win the game. I'm good. I'm like, so so clap it up for Tom. I'm going to clap it up for Tom. I appreciate you, Tom, for doing that. Give it to everybody else but the people that need it. Chris, you think that's a, that's a funny fantasy story? Do you? Do you think it's funny? <laughs> you want to hear my fantasy story? From yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Are you are you mentally prepared for this story? I'm ready. I want to ask you. I'm ready. Okay. I'm on top right now. This is scarier than like The Exorcist. If you want to, use it <laughs> All right. So I'm going into Monday Night Football. Sunday was a bad day for me fantasy wise. It was awful. I forgot to put in Samaj P. Ryan. I started Cordero Patterson instead. Patterson gave me like six points. I'm thinking, all right, I lost. I'm moving oh. on. I am mentally okay with it. And, uh, you know, through Sunday, through Sunday at like four, third, through the 430 slate. So it's like 830 now. And I'm down like uh, got to be close to 25, 30 points. And I got uh, not a lot, a whole lot of players left. And he has some players to play on Sunday football. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm screwed, whatever. Mm-hmm. I had the Cowboys defense. They gave me 22 points. Mm-hmm. So I'm right back in the game. And he has a couple of players playing on Sunday night too. And they stink the bet up. So <laughs> I now go into Monday Night Football only down two points. I have Alvin Kamara and Mike Evans to play. He has Chris Godwin to play. And I'm thinking I'm only down two. I have two pretty elite football players on my team. He has one. The odds seem to be in my favor. And most people would think that. If you yeah. use common sense to dictate how you how you draft your fantasy team. Uh, oh. But apparently, the Saints don't like using their star players because Mark Ingram played <laughs> more hurt than Kamara did the whole fucking game. Yeah, he did. It was unbelievable. Kamara finished with like five points. And then Evans. But even with Evans, he didn't even get targeted until the third quarter. I know. It was unbelievable. But then, this is where it gets kind of crazy. The last few drives for the Bucks went three and out pretty quickly. They got the ball back, punted, they got the ball back, whatever. Throughout those drives, it was Evans catch for 12 yards, Godwin catch for four yards, Godwin <laughs> catch for 11 yards, Mike Evans catch for 20 yards. It was literally back and forth down the line for the entire fourth quarter, essentially. True, true. It's a one-point game going back and forth like this. I'm winning, then the other guy's winning. I'm mm-hmm. winning, other guy's winning. All mm-hmm. the way through. And then it comes down to the last drive of the game. And there's like, what, 11 seconds left. And then Brady throws a touchdown pass to, to Chris Godwin. I'm like, all right, well, it's over. And then they call it back for holding. Thank the Lord. And then they Thank throw it to the running back, and the running back gets in Rashad White, and they score in the way. I'm like, okay, so. How do you feel and- about Rashad White? What? How do you feel about him? Oh, honestly, I don't have a read on the kid yet. I really don't have a read oh. on the kid. Let me finish my story, then we talk about Rashad White. Go ahead, go but- ahead, go ahead. I had forgotten that Godwin had a catch to set up the, the Rashad White touchdown. Mm-hmm. So technically, they put him ahead by, by like half a point. I'm like, okay, that's it. I lost. Mm-hmm. They don't squib kick it. They kick a regular kickoff to the Saints. Mm-hmm. They tried the Hail Mary, they did the lateral. Alvin Kamara gets the ball on the lateral, runs for 10 yards. I get a point. I win the game. I'm going nuts. <laughs> I'm going crazy in bed. I'm going nuts. And then I go to bed. I'm thinking this is the most unbelievable fantasy one of all time. I won on a, on a, on a one-second left throwaway play that didn't mean anything. This is awesome. I was talking so much shit in my group chat. I felt great. I woke, <laughs> next, I woke up the next morning. I look at my sleeper fantasy app to see like what, what's going on with it. 
Uh. And they say I lost the game. I'm like, what's going on? Uh, I'm like, what's going on? And so I check the score breakdown. I check this. They call it stat corrections. And because Kamara didn't receive the ball initially in the lateral, he gets credit for none of the yards scored. I lost by 0.30 points. That's terrible. I've never been involved in a worse fantasy situation (laughs) in my life. I was in a bag all of of Tuesday. I was no. in a bag. You should have seen me at work. They thought I was dead <laughs> at my desk. That's terrible. That's but yeah, that, that, that's my awful fantasy story for the week. I scored the <laughs> third most points in fantasy and I dropped two spots in the standings. <laughs> Can you believe that's that? Funny. Man, listen, Joe. Listen, Joe. The funny thing about it is everything that I'm doing right now has happened every year since I've started playing. I start off terrible with either four or five games I've lost in a row. And then I turn around and I come back with a storm with like a vengeance. I end up winning like five, six games out. Then I got to pay the number one player in the, in the, in the, uh, in the championship. And I lose in the first round. It's usually how it always goes. So hopefully I'm praying that I uh, sneak snatch up a couple of players to keep this thing going. We're going to turn it around. We're, we're going to turn it around. We got to. Like I'm focused this year. Like I keep on paying attention to my, to my laptop. I'm on my laptop. Then I'm on my phone. Like, hold on. Let me make sure I got this player. Like it's serious right now. I got to win. You're watching the waiver wire. You're doing your due diligence. Yeah. I like to hear it, but that's all for Stafford Matthews this week. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening and we'll talk to you guys soon. Hopefully an update uh, with some of the travel plans we might be having over the next uh, couple of weeks. So we'll keep you guys updated with that. And uh, you know what? It's Wednesday night right now. We're recording at about 9 o'clock. Thursday night football starts tomorrow. We'll see if Baker Mayfield makes his debut for the Rams. Enjoy another full week of football. Uh, enjoy it while it lasts because before you know it's going to be February. We're going to have to wait six months for football all over again. Yep. And we're signing off. The Stafford and Matthews for the week. We'll talk to you guys soon.